so I had zero passion for aviation. Oh my god! And and zero, I had no idea it existed. I was a dental assistant before I got this job. Okay. And I worked for like the world's worst dentist. So I left. I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna go on like a three month vacation. And my information was on Indeed, and I forgot about it. And Alaska Airlines reached out. They said, hey, we lock your resume. Let's interview. Cool. I'm in the middle of like a whole, like this ridiculous workout. Like I can't breathe. I can't talk. And they're trying to interview me on the phone. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Perfect timing. So interviewed on the phone, met with him in person the next day and was hired that night. Went to training two weeks later in Seattle. And like within the first hour of training, I was like, this is for me. Hey folks from the flight deck, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast where we talk everything aviation. I am your host, Manny Ramirez. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here, for letting me inside your homes and spending some time, some quality time with me and just enjoying my rants here in the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast. I have a very special guest today with me, and I promise you it's going to be super special. And if you are a Denver-based pilot, you are going to have an even double treat uh, with a guest that I have here with me today. Uh, this person is an entire vibe. It's uh, I, I she is a person that when you're around, you can't help but smile. As she's a very special person. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. And our uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about how our meeting was very serendipitous. I think it was very serendipitous. Um, And just so I'm going to kind of start off with how I know you, because you have no idea who I was before we met. No. Exactly. (laughs) But I, everyone knows who Rachel Mason is. Uh, So just to give you a a little bit of a, uh, a little bit about Rachel. Rachel is a runway model. She is also a mental health advocate. She is a self-proclaimed tequila connoisseur. Unless you have an actual title, she loves hiking, she loves traveling, and she is a. It seems like to me she's a workaholic as well, based on uh, the information she I've gathered from her. But uh, I think that, uh, but the way that that how I know Rachel is that I knew her as a uh, the ramp controller in Denver. Uh, that's what we you know we know the the as ramp controller in Denver, and she has a very distinct <laughs> accent. <laughs> And so every pilot in Denver knows that, you know, we always would play with like, I wonder where she's from because she has a very distinct Southern accent. So a lot of people mis, uh, misidentify her as being from the South, but in fact she isn't. And she can tell us a little bit about that in just a second. But I thought that she was from the South, but she was the nicest like person on frequency. You know, she would always say like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, help, help you have a nice evening and everything. She was the, I think the only one that was really nice to everyone on frequency frequency and uh you know she made us smile every time we come in or leave denver so it was really it was really special the nickname that we bestowed upon her on the pilots i guess we call her is we know her as dolly parkin not parton as the country singer but parking as like parking airplanes so so dolly parkin so we always knew her as that so anytime we had um we heard her on frequency oh that's dolly park you know dolly parkin 
And uh, the one thing that uh, I remember recently is that one of our Skywest pilots posted on the Skywest uh, uh, Facebook page saying that she was going to leave. So she was going to leave that position. And so what happened was that I was like, I got to add her on social media. I got to find her. This this cannot be the last time that I, get, I, you know, that I get in contact with her. So I found her on social media and we started following each other. And that was kind of the end of it. And uh, what ended up happening was that I think it was uh, three weeks ago, uh, we had had a, uh, we had a longer sit in Denver, so we sat there for about two, uh, almost three hours sit we had in Denver, and I was going down to the crew lounge, and uh, I got off the elevator, and I saw you there talking to my coworker, <laughs> my colleague, and I was like, I think yep. that's Rachel, I think that's Rachel, and uh, one of my other friends were like, yeah, that's her, you know, that's her. And I was just like starstruck. I was like, I got to meet Rachel, <laughs> Dolly Parkin, you know. So, and to my oh, surprise, to my surprise, she was also giving a, she was offering a tour of the tower, a ramp tower to uh, my two uh, colleagues. And I joined up. And uh, so you can see those pictures actually from the uh, tour uh, of, uh, of the uh, ramp tower on my Instagram which you can find at ClimbVX. That's C-L-I-M-B as in Bravo, V as in Victor, X-Ray. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we met. It was very, uh, like I said, what was the word I said earlier? Serendipitous. 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 (laughs) So uh, that's that's Rachel. So, Rachel, tell us, where, where are you from? Tell us that. Let's start off with that. This is the million-dollar question, my most asked question ever. I'm from Illinois. Illinois, yeah. Illinois. Definitely not Chicago. I'm from the central part, so I'm from a town. We have more cows than people where I come from. Very country. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, cows make, and by the way, just an FYI for everyone, cows are my favorite animal. I love cows. Yeah, they're like dogs. They're so good. (laughs) So I love cows. They're one of my favorite animals, so uh, I love it. So cows are more kind than human beings most of the time, so... Uh, I love it. So you're from uh, you're from Southern Illinois. So tell us a little about your story of uh, as far as uh, your passion for aviation, because uh, I know you gave me some information. And you've done a lot. Uh, so yeah, where did your passion wild. for aviation? Where where did your passion for aviation begin? Uh, so I had zero passion for aviation. Oh my god! And and zero. I had no idea it existed. I was a dental assistant before I got this job. Okay. And I worked for like the world's worst dentist. So I left. I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna go on like a three month vacation. And my information was on Indeed, and I forgot about it. And Alaska Airlines reached out. They said, Hey, we lock your resume. Let's interview. Cool. I'm in the middle of lock. A whole, like this ridiculous workout. Like I can't breathe. I can't talk. And they're trying to interview me on the phone. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Perfect timing. So interviewed on the phone, met with him in person the next day and was hired that night. Went to training two weeks later in Seattle. And like within the first hour of training, I was like, this is for me. Like this is yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, it's for me. And so I locked the challenge. And then um, I had my one coworker who was training to be a pilot. And he's like, this is the difference between an Airbus and an Airbus and a 7-3. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and then like, a month later, I was like, look, that's an Airbus. <laughs> so it uh, jumped into my life out of nowhere. And I quickly was like, all right, there's more to this. That's how it started. So you didn't know anything about airplanes before you came to Alaska. Like you were a dental assistant with a uh, world's worst uh, dentist, right? But then right. You're, you're really your passion kind of started when you started working for Alaska, right? This is when you yep. started kind of learning about it and you started looking into it and you're like, okay, this is kind of something what I want to do. So your progression. Yeah. So tell me about your progression. So you work for Alaska. What did you do for them? <laughs> 
So I technically worked for G2, so a contract company, but for that, I'm grateful because I did get to do Alaska. So because it's a lawn station, I was customer service. I was gate agent. I was a uh, jet bridge driver. I was supervisor. I was ramp agent. I was literally everything. And some days I was the, I was wing walker number one and I was the jet bridge driver. So it was like meet the plane. And then with the timeline, I had to have that L one door open within 60 seconds. So I had it timed perfectly to get it done in 43 seconds flat every time. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just a rush, 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 but I loved it. So you worked uh, G2, that's a company. I used to work, actually, when I was younger, I used to be a ramp agent for uh, ATS. I'm sure you're familiar oh, with yeah. them. Yeah, Air, Airport Terminal Services. So I used to work uh, for Airport Terminal Services out of John Wayne in, in, San, okay. in Orange County, California. And uh, yeah, I remember it was just, uh, it was one of the most physically demanding jobs I had because I knew we were like, there was only like two or three of us to do the entire thing. We're talking about... Right. Cleaning the aircraft, uh, unloading oh, yeah. the aircraft, Sweet. loading oh. the bags, and push it back. Sweet. And it was, it was, it was, it was fun. But it was, uh, uh, I think that they paid us in peanuts. Like we were just like it was. They did for sure. <laughs> time, they for sure you know? did. So, <laughs> Maybe pretzels. Yeah, but it was. But I think it was. It, it, it was me for me. I mean, because my passion started when I was a kid. As far as I wanted to be a pilot, but I think this allowed me to get a little bit closer to the operation and see how yeah. everything works out. So I think it was a really, um, it was a really good move. I, I got to experience it a little bit, but then uh, at one point I said, well, I need to get something else just because, you know, it's just, uh, uh, this is not paying the bills. So, you know, I had to get something else, but it was, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a really good experience, you know, to be around. We used to service, uh, in John, when we used to service, uh, Frontier, Alaska, um, do you remember Aloha Airlines? Yeah. Yeah. So we used I to do. service Aloha Airlines and I forgot who else we did. I think Frontier, Alaska and Aloha. I think those are the only ones we serviced there in John Wayne. And, uh, but it was, it was fun. I remember, I still remember my, uh, uh, my supervisor, he always also call, always always used to call me a bonehead when I used to do something stupid. He's like, "Oh, you bonehead!" <laughs> yeah. So, but it was fun. So then, uh, Rachel, after Alaska, then you decided what what happened. What was your move after that? So St. Louis being basically a line, it's not a hub for anybody. I mean, I guess it's a mini hub for Southwest. Yeah. So I had reached the capacity I could with. G2. Like I had done everything, training, supervisor, you name it, I had done it. I'd pushed wheelchairs. I'd done security for a while, everything. So I was like, I just went on with one of the bigger lines. I don't want to be contracted anymore. Yeah. So I applied to all of them. And then the first one that called me back, I was like, yes, I don't care what it is. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what the pay is. Yes, please. Yes. So then I worked for that airline in St. Louis for two years and then I was like I still need more this airport is not doing it for me I need more so then I wanted to experience a hub so Denver was my first and only choice I didn't want to go anywhere but Denver so okay wanted to come to a hub experience what it's really like get the wide bodies heavies whatever you want to call them no more you know rjs love my rjs but i create i needed more i, I feel like, personally insulted touched. i feel personally <laughs> insulted right now that i am uh, all regional planes uh, no, i'm just I kidding i know what you mean there is something about wide bodies there's something about wide bodies you cannot if you're an av geek you know if you're an aviation geek you just know there's something special about wide bodies right we all love mm-hmm. airplanes uh, in this community, we all love airplanes, but there's something definitely special about a wide body aircraft. And we are around it. Yeah. It's just this awe, right? This awe of this stuff. Every time. And even I remember when you took us up to the tower and we were looking at different planes. So you're like, look, yeah. these look like little tiny, uh, like little 
planes you can move with your fingers, right? They do like little and, toys, right? And even even the the uh, the big ones look like toys, but the, the regionals just look even smaller. You know, you're they like, do. you feel it's so, so like, oh my god, my plane looks so insignificant. It's so embarrassing. You know, cover my face. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but it's fun. But you mentioned something that. You said you wanted more. Was it more as far as responsibility? Was it more as far, like you mentioned, uh, uh, just to see bigger planes? What is it? Or is it I think it's a, So I don't know if it's necessarily the responsibility part, because I'd already had that, right? Working for a contract company, you take on responsibility you don't realize you're taking on. So it was more so like more experience. Like I had only dealt with the largest aircraft I'd ever dealt with was seven threes and Airbuses. And that was rare. Um, I would see a seven five once in a blue moon when we did the MLB charters, but even then, like it's just there, and you're just greeting people to get on. But to get like up close and personal with something larger than life, so to see these planes land at this giant, this giant airport. I mean, St. Louis compared to Denver, right? It's like holy crap. <laughs> and I started customer service in Denver. I didn't even like go right to the tower. It was customer service still, but in a new airport. So you did customer service, and you so that. That's pretty much you went from Alaska and you worked Alaska in uh, what base did you work at at for Alaska? Was it in St. Seattle? Louis. Oh, St. No, Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Okay, St. Louis. And then you worked for, uh, but that was G2 as a contract. So Correct. then you decided after that, you decided to go uh, to this airline and then you went to Denver. Correct. Okay, so you went to Denver and you started as customer. You started as customer service there in Denver. Mm-hmm. Yep, just transferred right over. How did you get that gig as a tower controller? Uh, sorry, a ramp controller. So ramp it tower. is just so we're union. So it's just a it's within the customer service branch. And the first person I ever met in Denver told me about it. She was like, "You need this job," and I was like, "Huh?" The tower, yeah. like I'm not going to school. I was thinking <laughs> big tower. I was like, I'm not going to school for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, No, 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 no. It's the SOR. I was like, What is what is that? I don't know what this is. All these new terms are being thrown at me. And I was like, Okay, never really thought about it. But then an email came out and it was like, If you want a shadow, and I was like, Yeah, I want a shadow. Emailed the person in charge, picked a day. I went on my day off because obviously you can't get paid for that to shadow. I was up there for 10 hours to shadow. I couldn't stop. I was like, oh my God, I need like this. I need this. So it goes by seniority. So when the position opened, I was like in. Even the manager was like, you're the first one that box submitted. But it goes by seniority. So I didn't think I was going to get it. But then when I got the call a couple weeks later that I got it, I was like, what? <laughs> it was insane. How long were you up there? So I was up there for 18 months. I started in February of 2022. What made you say, hey, I'm going to leave this position and do something else? So there were several things. I had already been in the process of like, what else can I do, right? Because when you're, it's not just like when you're with an airline, there's multiple things that you can do to grow, but it was like, what else can I do? to challenge me. I need to be challenged. And I'm not talking like passengers yelling at me at a gate challenge because I smile at that. Like you can yell at me all day. (laughs) So I was already in the process of trying to see what I could do to get my dispatch lessons. That was the first thing that kind of came to mind for me. But also the role in the tower, they turn it into a management position. And that's not something that I wanted to stay and do. I didn't want to be a manager. So you there's a there's downfalls to that, you know, like as a manager, you know, like you lose some vacation time and so on and so forth. And I was like, that's not for me. I don't want to. That's not my thing. So they were changing the way that the positions were filled, I guess. So now they're going to become managerial positions. Okay, And there was someone's like, yeah, it's not because it's not for me. So I'd rather do something else. So what are you in the process of doing now? 
So I'm in the process. So January, I'll be getting starting the process to get my dispatch license. Um, I'll be doing it like the uh, I'll be doing it through Centennial Airport. I forgot like the class I'm doing, but the class I'm doing, I found out I don't even have to do the 13 week class because of the experience I have. They were like, you actually qualify for six weeks. So I can do the six week class. Most of it's just test prep and go from there. So I'm going to do that. And then um, our training centers in Denver. So I've been like tiptoeing around the idea of potentially doing stuff with the training center. Okay. But for now, I'm just happy at the gates. Yeah. Just seeing. Now I see my pilots face to face. They're like, that voice. I know that voice. <laughs> so I'm like, it's me. I exist. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Like I, I've, uh, I, I don't have a very good ear for distinguishing people on frequency. Uh, you're very distinguishable. Like I can pick that <laughs> voice out of anyone's, right? But like, uh, for example, uh, I remember when I first started flying um, uh, out of Denver. Well, my base. When I started flying, um, my sim partner and I were, you know, FOs. He's now a captain because he's been flying more than I have. But he would apparently hear me on frequency and recognize my voice. And I'm like, oh, uh, you didn't hear me? And he was like, you didn't hear me? I'm like, I, I have no idea. Like, you, ha- <laughs> I would have to hear you thousands of times before I can actually recognize your voice on frequency because I, I wouldn't be able to but yeah it's um yeah it's but it's nice to put a face to the uh uh to the voice like to uh, the voice. The, yeah <laughs> and uh, i remember when you took us up to the tower uh you know i started putting i, I heard them and i was like oh that's this person that's this person like i could remember just having interactions with them and uh but yeah so that, it's nice to it's nice to have that interaction with the people that you work with you know especially i think you to put that human component with the voices because you i think you can easily forget that there's another human being on the other side of frequency you know that they're just they can make mistakes you know they're stressed they have lives you know and stuff like that so it's nice to go out and visit them and be like hey you know they're human beings just like you and me you know so you kind of remember and when uh maybe you know things are not going perfectly that particular day then you kind of kind of uh it's easier to be a little bit more um, understanding. No, I was like that too with, I think it's just a part of like extending grace. I think that we forget to extend grace. It's the same with ATC too. I think people forget that people actually like it's real human beings that work up there. So like, sure, they're going to say something and they actually mean the other. There were so many times I needed you to go West, but I told you to go East and the pilot was like, um, are you sure you want me to go this way? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> or they would just do it. They would just go west and like as I'm sending them east. And I'd be like, thank you. You know, Sky West, one, two, three. I appreciate you just doing that. <laughs> Help me out. I think you have a gift. Uh, I think you really do have a gift for being kind. And I think uh, just the interaction that I had the one day and just the, you know, the stuff that we've uh, exchanged over Instagram, that's how we kind of stay communicate, you know, we communicate with each other. I think you definitely have a gift for dealing with people. Uh, like you just well, mentioned just you. a second ago, I think you just said a second ago, I think that you said, uh, you said, Hey, uh, you know, people can yell at me. I laugh at that, you know, because I think maybe you can, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you can dissociate someone's behavior towards you because it's not personal. Whereas I, if someone, if someone were to yell at me, I feel like I would take it very personal. Like I'd be like, they're attacking me personally, but they're not really doing that. And I think that's a very, uh, that's a skill that not a lot of people have. And I think that you have, and you have a very good portion of that. I'm mean, uh, a very good, um, uh, dose of that in in you uh i think you're very kind and and i think you're able to uh i think you're just you read people i think you're a very good uh, you read people 
Yeah, <laughs> I think you're. I think you are. And uh, I, another thing that Rachel does that I'm very impressed is that I think she has a very good attitude. Is that she says, "My, I like to see people succeed. I like to yes, see people move huge. forward. I like yes. to see people success and sharing their su- success." And I think that's also very important because you are not self serving. You are someone that you literally serve others and you try to help in others so they can reach their goal. And, 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 and the hope is, you know, for my end is that, that you receive exactly what you want. Um, you know, as, <laughs> Maybe as one day. <laughs> yeah, but one I know day. how to take care of myself, right? Like, I think we've all gone through things in life. Like I've had a lot of hurt in life and I think you grow through that. Like, is it the worst ever? No, because somebody is always going to have it worse than you do. But if I had a friend that came to me and was like, I don't want to do my corporate job anymore. I just want to, you know, go to the local yogurt stand and just serve yogurt all day. I'm like, then go serve that yogurt. Be the best yogurt server that place has ever seen. I'm going to come see you. Like, if that's what makes you happy, I'm here for it. I feel like the majority of the, of the world really is it, it, they, they're at a job because they have to be at a job, not because of something they want to do. And um, but I think it's very important that, yes, there is certain suck that you have to suck, you know, that you have to go through it. But it there gets to a point where you are actually doing more harm by staying at a job or a certain position. Then it doesn't matter how much they pay you. You know, so I think it's very important to um, you go to a job and if you put up with some of the stuff, because you're always going to have a gripe of, you know, where you go, whether you go, you know, whether you're at United, whether you're at American or SkyWest, you're always going to have something to complain about. But it's just about your your the way that you handle it and you process that. And um, uh, it's all about perspective and attitude. So I think um, um, that's why I always tell people to just, you know, um, kind of take that. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um take stake of what they're if they're really happy i mean some jobs you're not going to be too happy but if you know just there's a threshold you need to be able to say at this point i'm just going to say no more i'm going to go know when you're done no when you're done no when you're done yeah it's huge so now I, i i know you mentioned to me that you would work so much that you would have to actually sleep in your car so yeah, you're like, oh, I my would. God. So now, how, <laughs> now how, how do you find and I want to talk about more about your modeling as well. And I want to kind of segue into Oof. that because oh, I want to so, because I want to know how do you find balance? Because I know you're busy. I've seen some of your stories on Instagrams and you're like at two o'clock in the morning, you know, on flights to, you know, New York and then back. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, like, how do you do that? So how do you how do you find balance in, in your uh, kind of in your life? Um, now at this point in my life, I'm not a yes person anymore. When I was taking those, like working those 18, 20 hour days, like I would go take it cause I live 35, 40 minutes away from the airport. So it's like, by the time I would drive home and like actually fall asleep, I have to be right back up and on the road. So I would just like find a bad car. Like if it was nice outside, I would just sleep on a bad car. <laughs> um, we were able to sleep on the plane. So like after it, cause it would be a run. So remain overnight and you would do the fleet and sometimes you could just sleep i can't say how many times i would just sleep in the exit right oh yeah (laughs) my car something like that but that's when i was a yes person it was like oh well eight people called off can you work and i'm like yeah sure no problem but it was like it eventually like was killing me but now i'm not like i'm a yes person to a point so i just the balance is like i wake up at two o'clock in the morning for work but i'm also not that person where i'm like i have to be in bed by six o'clock if i have friends that are in town and i haven't seen them and they i'm not gonna go well i have to be in bed at six because i wake up at two it's Mm -hmm. a okay well you're off at noon 
just suck it up. You're going to get a couple less extra or a couple less hours of sleep tonight. So for me, it's just like doing what makes me happy. So I'm working my career, which I love makes me happy. And then I'm also doing everything in between that makes me happy. It's all my choice. I don't feel like it's forced on me. Sup nerds. Before I let you go, I have a task for you. I have a challenge. If you can go to the platform where you're listening to this podcast in and go ahead and leave a review, just tap that star, whether it's a five star, I like that very much, or a four or a three or two or a one. It doesn't matter as as long as you leave a review and some criticism so I can improve this podcast because I want the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast to be your podcast. So go ahead and leave that review now. I also want to give a huge shout out to my friends and coworkers for sharing the podcast with their friends and family. That means the world to me. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Also, if you want to be part of the show, go ahead and hit me up. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We'll make that show happen. We'll make you a friend of the show. Until next time, wishing you tailwinds and sunshine. See ya! The statements made on the show are my own opinion and do not necessarily reflect those of my employer.